Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's C. Sparky, 5 or 12.50 a.m. The Fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our guy Dwight Albert at the Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin is here. Phil Brylo, follow him on Twitter at Brew City Bowling. Of course, catch all of his fun streaming stuff, uh, all the different tournaments, all the different PBA extra events and stuff that he does on the side. Uh, and of course, Dwight Albert, follow him on Twitter at Dewey300. Time to recap the PBA 2024 Players Championship. I was excited mm-hmm. uh, to see that Ryan Barnes was in the field, mm-hmm. right? Right? I was I was excited. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. And Phil, you were all over it. You're like, man, I really hope they mic up Chris, his dad, Chris Barnes. Even yeah. Linda would have been fine. Either one yeah. would mic up one of them. That would have been great. They didn't. And that's not to say they didn't try. I don't know if they tried to or not. And Chris just said, no, it's my free kid's first tournament. I want to be mic'd up. I don't want to have to worry about sure. thinking about what I'm saying. Maybe he said no if they did go to him and ask him. Um, but before we get into kind of what happens, right? Yes. So explain something to me. You have Chris and Linda as your parents, two Hall of Famers. Mm -hmm. And then you have your ball rep. Yes. Now, at one point, he did go to the ball rep, talk to the ball rep. And then after that, it was, I'm going to talk to dad. Um, And he kind of just stayed there kind of talking with dad, right? Mm -hmm. Um, At least what we saw on TV. Now, maybe in commercial breaks, he did go back to that ball rep. But on TV, we saw a lot more of talking to Chris than we did going back to that ball rep again. You got to still have a ball rep for him, even though his dad is in the stands or whatever the case may be. But that's got to be a weird situation for everybody involved, especially the ball rep who may tell you one thing. And then he goes and talks to dad. Dad's be like, ah, don't do that. We need you to do something else. Like that's just got to be weird, Phil, to to be in that situation as a ball rep. A bit, but Eric from Star, I mean, Eric's worked with Chris for a long time too. So they have a relationship and it's, you could tell with, with, with the way Ryan seemed to be out there it was when it came to actually maybe thinking about switching balls, switching what was in his hand, that was more going uh, the storm guy where it was more, Hey, I'm going to make this line adjustment, that type of thing. That was more going to be yeah. talking to his dad. So, and really, I mean, it, it's, it's up to Ryan in the end. I mean, and he showed a hell of a lot of composure Yeah, for his for age. a 21 year old kid. That's only been under the TV lights once before. And that was in a team setting a couple of years during the PBA collegiate shootout. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was fun to watch, but, uh, I, I, you could tell what the interview after it was done. I, you know, Chris was probably more nervous than he's ever been in a bowling center oh, watching. It's super yeah. emotional. Oh yeah. Yeah. Super emotional. And having the Wichita state bowling team there, uh, and having all of those people there and you being the hometown guy, that's a big shot in the arm and helped for TV purposes as well, oh, as sure. far as the look of the whole deal. Cause they all had their their little jerseys on or whatever the case may be, Dwight. Just the whole thing felt awesome to start off the PBA season having him there. Absolutely wonderful show all the way around. Um, 
when it came at least to the last question that you were asking, Phil, I, I think it was more of a collaboration. I think all the minds were meeting. Um, I, I was wondering how quick the lanes were going to change with so much urethane going down the lane. Sure. And boy, did it show its ugly head, especially in the second match, um, which uh, Nate Stubler could have won. And then obviously they really started to get ugly in the, in the match. And I, I, when I kept watching the show, I kept saying to myself, and Betty was, of course, in the room, I kept saying, uh, this goes back to the famous Mo Pinnell quote that you can out-execute out bad ball reaction. And it, it just showed you no matter how good that pro was, be it um, uh, uh, Barnes or be it uh, uh, O'Neill, um, there was a lot of guessing going on, and boy, did those lanes get tricky because of the urethane going down the lane. It was a lot of tricking of the bowling ball, the way it was coming out the player's hands, too. I mean, O'Neill, you could tell he was not happy right. with his ball reaction, and he just tricked it with his release. And you have to have those tools to compete out there. Uh, Ryan, you know, Ryan Barnes tried to do it a bit. Smallwood, uh, because of his full roller release, I think just can't trick it like some of the other guys can. Yes. And You're right. I, that, as the you know, the step layer developed, that became kind of the story. It became from who could shot make the best to who could trick it up the best. I thought Eric, the rep actually gave him the right ball, but just too late for Ryan yeah. uh, during the O'Neill match. I thought that phase two gave him the best ball reaction possible. So um, it just came too late. He went to it too late, but there were a lot of things in that show that could have been what if, you know, what if mm -hmm. Nate Stubler carries that uh, second one in the in the tenth and shuts out Barnes. Does he go on to win the whole show? Then being the only lefty, right? So, so there were a lot of one ifs in that show, no doubt. All right, so let's start with the first match. Here. Uh, Barnes, the four seed against Chris Vi, uh, the five seed. Vi bowled fine. I mean, yeah, he went horrible. He shot no, two twenty three. The right. problem is, kid ran in the first eight. eight. I mean, yeah, I, again, like you were saying, Phil, first time really under the TV lights like this. Mm -hmm. You're in a TV finals. This isn't some like. Chris Paul all-star thing, right? You're in TV finals of, of a major and everybody's watching mom and dad, who everybody knows is behind you, which means there's raised expectations, right? Just like if Michael Jordan's kid goes out on the floor and, and when he played college basketball or high school basketball, everybody's like, Oh, you ain't your daddy. Mm -hmm. And people are running their mouth at you because that's what kids do is run their mouth. You're not your dad. You're not your mom, whatever right. the case is. So there's all that additional pressure. Then you hear on TV, he wasn't even really bowling growing up i mean he was playing basketball and doing That's all this other up. stuff but in bowling leagues and doing all the stuff since he was like six and he's a polished product he just started like three three years ago which yeah. is insane to see in three years how quickly he developed to get to this point that's mind-boggling to me um which shall state got him ready well sure well, his dad got him ready yeah. i mean during the they talked about during the pandemic Cold. the yeah. only thing to do to get out of the house was go to the center that Chris had keys at and go yeah. ball. But Wichita bowing in that environment, bowing on TV, bowing for the national titles. I mean, this wasn't his first gig on TV. Oh, from from yeah. that perspective, sure. Yeah, yeah right. absolutely. Yeah. But still, now it's the PBA tour with all yeah. due respect to college, it's a totally college banker level. style and all yeah. that nonsense. This right. is the PBA tour. So when you're like, okay, how much nerves will he have? Mm -hmm. How will he overcome it? And you really didn't see the nerves kind of set in a little bit. So you got to that second match when things you know weren't going as smoothly. Then you started to see a little bit of looking at dad like, what the heck is going on out here right now? Oh, yeah. Back-to-back -back four nines on, yep. on the right lane will do that to Insane. you. But it, you mentioned the strength of the Wichita State program. I mean, guys, there were four P uh, Wichita State players that had exemptions to the PTQ from Tom Clark. All four got through the PTQ. 
There are 80-some players at both the PTQ. They took the top 26, and all four made it. Two of them made it to match play, and Ryan Barnes makes it to TV. That just shows the strength of that, that program and, and a lot of college bowling. I mean, yeah. you look at Stubler. He was got a St. Ambrose, and you know this is his second year on tour, and he only really bowled part-time last year, and he gets out and makes a show. I mean, the, the kid's coming out nowadays. I think yeah. you're going to see it where it's not taking the, the three, four, five years on tour like we were seeing for quite a while there. Yeah. During in the last 15 years, you didn't see the kid come out and make the instant instant star on tour. Wait a second now, hold on. So now the the sports talk guy in me yeah. is going to say, well, is the competition not as good as it was back then where it would take 3 or 4 years? So wh- why why are you able to come out of college and make a TV show right away where before if you come out of college, it's going to take you a couple of years before you finally work your way up. So what's changed? Cuz either the competition's not as good as it was before or what what happened? Why why are you able to get there so quickly? It's it's the grind. You, you when you're in college, you're standing around, you're bowling maybe five team games in a day, right? Or you're bowling twenty Baker games, so you're not bowling a ton. I mean, Ryan Barnes bowled fifty six games before he made TV in five days. Think about that for yeah. A second. I mean, so but these kids are in shape and they're bowling twenty games a day in practice, and they're used to being able to get out there and keep their legs underneath them, that type of thing. And the way the college tournament conditions develop nowadays. Um, you're going to see it more. I think they're turning into pro tour type conditions as the, as they get deeper into a tournament, when they get the, the lane where, you know, three, four or five games in, you see guys getting in over the left gutter, that type of thing uh, for the right-handers. It's, it, it's, it's pretty interesting to, to see how that's developed over the last few years with the patterns they put out for college tournaments. And I think that is a little bit more coming over to the pros. It's most of the college tournaments use a Kegel machine to oil where they can develop hold in the pattern. You don't have that hold with the Brunswick machines because it only oils on the forward pass. Correct. So these guys have to find out, find a way to make hold. And I think these college kids are learning that as well. They finding a way to make hold in these college tournaments and then it turns around and they develop that for, for when they're out bowling the tour stuff. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Before history is written... It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You go back and you think of guys, Pete Weber busted on the tour, what, 18, mm-hmm. 19 years old. Right. But there haven't been a ton of those guys that have been able to do what we're talking no. about. Right. Are these college kids in a better situation now because of technology um, and knowing everything that we know to where they have the the better chance to be successful quicker than maybe these others before them did? I think it's the coaching. I think it's the preparation. Everything is preparation. I don't think um, even Pete Weber. Uh, had that preparation that with his uh, dad, right? Yeah. Um, that these college programs get them uh, ready for. The question I had for Phil: two different customers asked me this, including my daughter. Um, how did even Ryan Barnes? I knew the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
even be able to qualify because he's not really a PBA member. And I told him, oh, it's an ex exception by right. Tom Clark. Yeah. You said four exemptions. Um, were they all Wichita State? They were all Wichita State players. So, Tom, quote, to, to quote Tom from what I saw on the 11thframe.com uh, with Riggles talking to him, was that just the history of the program in Wichita, they're in Wichita, the strength of the, the players that applied for the exemption, and, and Tom went and gave them. Now, I know no there were brainer. a lot of players that weren't happy about it. Who gives it. a crap? That's right. a no-brainer. Yeah. He did what he was supposed to do. That That's right. thinking two ways. A, okay, they're really good. Yeah. B, we're in their backyard, you bunch of knuckleheads. Yeah. If yeah. one of these kids make TV, we're going to sell more tickets and we're going to get more draw Absolutely. to the tournament from local TV and everything else. Yeah. Why would you be against this? If you are against what he did, then you're a moron. Well, and right. the thing is, too, is that you know they didn't take any spots away from PBA players. Right. They didn't. The PTQ didn't sell out. And even with some drops, okay, because there, there was some weather issues, obviously, with getting to Wichita on that Monday with storms, you know, anybody west of, of, of Wichita didn't get there. And it still wouldn't have sold out even if those players showed up. What? So, as you said, non-issue because they weren't taking any spots away from anybody. Okay. What about Nate Stubler then? Obviously, he was not an exception. He was PTQ. on PTQ. He yeah, had a bowl to PTQ. Yeah. Remember, he was fifth in rookie of the year voting last year. Right. Okay. Cortez Shank was rookie of the year last year, and he still didn't get enough points to bowl to get exempt from PTQs. And Cortez had the bowl; he led it. Uh, and Cortez had the bowl the PTQ. So that's more games that you have to so bowl out of the PTQ. How many guys did they take from the twenty six? Did you say? Yeah. Okay, that's more than what we normally talk about. Right, it's going to be definitely more than what they're going to do next year. We touched on it last week, where next year the exempt fields for regular tournaments are going to be sixty four players, and that's it. So it's going to be the 43 off the points list and Tom will have an exemption or two and uh, some guys that qualify out of the tour trials that'll come up later this year. And then you'll have like, you know, four guys coming out of the PTQ. So it's going to be real tough to make it on tour if you don't get through the tour trials at the end of this year, or you're not in the top 43 in points. But I think that's the way it should be. Sure. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I would have found Mookie Betts and gave him an exemption and, and let him go out there and try to, that would, that's just me though. Yeah, I mean, it's the off season, you, you got time before pitchers and catchers report middle of February. Uh, it's a major, so maybe not at a major, right? Um, but e either way, I think that's, you know, yeah. and you just give him an exam and see what happens and see, and see how he does. And it's, it's good learning experience for him. Gives a little publicity for local TV wherever you are to help sell tickets. If ticket sales are an issue. Yeah. So should consider. All right. So 267 to 223, Barnes over Chris Vibe. Barnes then moves on, as we talked about, to face Nate Stubler. 224 to 220, he beats Stubler. And to be honest, Stubler just kind of fell apart. That's kind of just what Yeah, happened. the ninth frame, yeah. that, that three, 367. I wonder how much of that was. Yeah. yeah, and it's just coming out of uh, coming out of breaks and, and, and that kind of thing. When Nate made a mistake, he paid full price. Yep. I mean, it was pretty – he only had two really bad shots, and they were both splits that nope. he didn't convert. Another question from my daughter for you, Phil. Okay. Uh, she asked me, why was the pattern different from the left side to the right side? Why wasn't the same from the left side to the right side? Ace well, part of it's asymmetrical, part of it's surface. I mean, they take surface wear into play. They know how old these lane surfaces are. It's not that old of a lane surface at Belora North Rock. And it's something Eric Pearson uh, was doing the lanes this week for the PBA. And it's something that, you know, he takes in the play. And a lot of the patterns out on the PBA tour are asymmetrical because of that, just to kind of, you know, even out the wear and tear in the sides. And uh, you look at the the ratio, there were five or six lefties in the top 24. So it's a little higher probably than they wanted. But, you know, some guys had really solid weeks and it, it's going to get there. It, lane maintenance is an art, not a science. And I'm sure uh, as the year goes along, we may see uh, 
your thing uses not as much in play on the longer pairings as we're going to see, as we saw this week, because I heard a lot of chatter during the practice session from the guys saying that there's more oil in the front part of the lane this year than they've seen in the past. And it kind of tapers down the back end of the lane or in past the past few years, it's been kind of either flat or a little less in the front and more towards the end of the pattern, uh, which really let the, the control of urethane really take over things. Uh, as we saw, once the lanes transition and guys need to get out of urethane, it seemed like quicker. Uh, then they can make the move to the big asymmetrical ball with a with a little scuff on the cover and and wheel it a little bit more and and, and keep the scores going. I mean, geez, small with two thirty seven for forty eight games. Think about that. How mm-hmm. many guys you know that can average two thirty seven on a house shot? Right. For half a season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no doubt. That's it was impressive. A, he had a hell of a week, and, and that yeah. obviously helped for uh, the league play, too, uh, yeah. as well, PBA uh, elite league play, too. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, let's talk about the next match. So he wins. Barnes moves on. Now, at this point, everybody is starting to talk about it. I had tweeted mm-hmm. it out. We were talking about it on text. Like, this is going to be a huge story if he figures yes. out how to get through this. Right. And yeah. again, with all due respect to O'Neill and Smallwood, this isn't Belmonte or Troop, right. or some of these other guys that have been on the top of the, the PBA here. Uh, O'Neill had back issue last year, picking up a rake or something. So yep. he wasn't there really all into it last year. Smallwood is kind of hit and missed throughout a season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't improbable to look at it and go, yeah, he's never going to get through this. Like, it's going to end right here. I'm watching it. I'm like, maybe. Right, maybe. We'll see what happens. But it literally got away from him quick. And uh, from Barnes, quick that is. Mm-hmm. O'Neill came in, kind of locked in right off the bat, and Barnes was turning around and dead like, I, I, I don't know. And then he'd make a change, and it would be wrong, or he missed a spot wherever Chris told him to shoot, and it would go, excuse me, go high, uh, and things just kind of self-destructed around him. Um, but what I thought was cool was when that match was over, mm-hmm. and he was shooting meaningless shots there in the 10th, and the crowd was chanting, Barnesy, Barnesy. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. Because anybody Chills. else shoots Jamie those Chills. shots, TV goes away, nobody cares about you, you move on. Right. In this situation, that whole crowd is chanting for him, even though he was the loser, not the winner. And standing that, ovation. That was, yeah. that was pretty sweet, Dwight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gave me chills, standing ovation, uh, just great moment in sports, period. Just shows the respect that everyone had for him because they know how hard this is to get yeah. breakthrough and get to the point on what he did. And that's what made this show so incredibly special. Yeah. Bill, leading up to this, obviously nobody thought that, I don't, well, maybe somebody did. Nobody probably thought that Barnes would be on TV being in this point. But it's got to be, we talked about the the guy that's, you know, the ball rep dealing mm-hmm. with Chris uh, and Ryan. Uh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. But now it's Bill O'Neill bowling against Chris Barnes' kid yeah. on TV. Tom Smallwood bowling against Chris Barnes' kid mm-hmm. on TV with Chris Barnes right there. Yeah. That had to be like, holy crap. Like, I'm old. Like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Like, I should be bowling against him, and I'm bowling against this 21-year-old. That that's that's his kid, right? And then I got to deal with him coaching his kid sitting right there with yeah. his Hall of Fame wife next to him. Yeah. I don't want this. Yeah. I mean, that's that. 
that had to be something crazy too Awkward. for for O'Neill and Smallwood. <laughs> well, not Smallwood. He didn't have to bowl against him, but O'Neill. Yeah, it, it had to be a bit. I mean, watching Chris all week during the practice session and the PTQ, uh, you know, Chris sat, was there all eight games, and he really didn't interject much. If, if Ryan came back to ask a question, then Chris kind of interjected and came in during the PTQ, and they practiced together a little bit during the practice session, but not a ton. And, you know, the guys – have seen Ryan, you know, they've seen Ryan at other competitions like Team USA trials and that type of thing where uh, you know, they know who who Ryan is and they know he can pretty much stand on his own. If his mom and dad weren't there, he'd still be that formidable sure. opponent. But that little bit extra, I could see maybe, you know, hey, you know, getting razzed on, you know, a little farther down the year or something like that. You know, well, the other thing too, and, there's a I mean, there's yeah. a little bit of an intimidation factor, I would think too. Yeah. I mean, because you know the lineage, obviously, and yeah. then they're sitting first row right there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was going to bring that up. He can literally yeah. turn around and just walk back there and ask well, him what he thinks, one well, way or the other, type deal. I, I was going to ask you guys what you thought of that additional seating now behind the bowlers, because the last few years it's just been the two seats for the players, and they added three rows for the immediate family. Yeah. Or, uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. Well, yeah, I, they I, had enough room. A lot of it's going to be every week or is it just because of Northbrook depends on the room in the set to area, that type of thing. I can think of a couple of centers that they might be able to still do it at coming up in, uh, in Mount prospect. They'll probably do it. I'm sure with USBC, uh, with the U S open, they can do a little something. Yeah. The families were normally to the left. Yeah. Correct. So So I thought that was great. I wanted to ask you all week. Also, Phil, as I was a little disappointed, I didn't see PAPS as a sponsor anymore. I didn't see the six pack alert. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what happened with that. I don't know if that's going to continue later in the year once league gets developed more or anything. I haven't seen or heard uh, anything on on Paps. I know they brought Pilgrim Brands on board. There was a sign, the uh, the green signage for their one of their chicken products behind the lanes. Um, it's a it, it's a tough sport to market sometimes, especially with all Paps the sports that are out there. Now, right now. A run, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't understand why you wouldn't be back on if you're Paps. Yeah. Now, maybe it's because there's it's one show, and then it's three weeks until we start right. again. Could so be, maybe they yeah, bought, they might, fe- maybe they started, maybe their packet well, starts in yeah, February and go yeah. through. Just things that I saw. Who knows? Yeah, and, yeah. Now, and now Snickers is the title, is the presenting sponsor for PBA Elite League, so we, that one last year was Paps, so I don't know if Paps will be back in any way, shape, or form, or if there's another beer or alcohol company that might jump on board. You never know. That was cool. But I don't see it right now. I was cool. Evan Paps. It's unfortunate that they yeah. would go away, but who knows? Uh, okay. So if you had to sum up what, what wrong for Barnes in that match against Bill O'Neill, what would it be? He didn't go to the phase too quick enough. Uh, once that ball again, can I don't execute bad ball reaction. Here's the deal. I see this all the time at bowling alleys in town proprietors know only one way to oil lane, seeing that there's no rules in place and that they super block them, I call them, or over, over wall them. And then the lanes become very wet, dry. That's what I ended up seeing on that TV show is the lanes became excessive, wet, dry, and it fooled even the pros. Why do you think uh, Ryan Barnes was turning around to Chris all the time? So it doesn't matter what yeah. level it is. I, I kept going back to that quote from Mo Pinnell. And so finally he went to that phase two, which was recommended by the rep, and got the best ball reaction. It just was a little bit too late. And the way the way the patterns develop on tour, I mean, the the wet dry is this on the PBA tour. All right, for those of you that aren't watching on the yeah, sports, it's, it's like page, two inches tops, it's a couple inches, right? Right. Where your wet dry in your league is, what arrow am I going to miss? By? Right. 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 <laughs> I've right. got three boards and they all have arrows on them, and the ball gets back <laughs> to the pocket. 
So yeah, it, it is watching pairs develop. And that's one of the things I, I wish they had a little more time to, to discuss on the shows. I mean, Randy touches on it here and there during, during between shots and everything, but you know, for the newbies coming on coming on and getting more involved in the sport, they, you know, trying to get them to understand that a little bit more is these guys don't have a lot of area to shoot at. You can watch straight tracks all you want and everything, but to figure out that, you know, angle angle and everything right. to go with getting to that area where it's cliffed and not having a ball go too long when you miss left or, or hook high when it goes right. Uh, it, it's just one of those things. It's time, you know, Randy knows what's going on. He tries to keep the fans informed and he, he touches on some of the technical stuff, but you know, if you want overly technical, that's what Bull TV is for. Sure. You know, for the people that want to see the ins and outs and get the. Or when they bring a guest in like Chris Barnes. Chris Barnes, right. when he's in that booth, is very technical. Yeah, yeah he's he money. Be. I, yeah. I, I like him when he's in the booth. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Barnes out. O'Neill advances 215 to 205. Now here comes O'Neill versus Smallwood. And like Phil said earlier, Smallwood averaged, what, 237? Yeah, I uh, Smallwood. During the course of the week. Uh, and that is really, really good, obviously, yeah. at a high level. So you're like, okay, well, here we go. Again, I say it all the time, this one seed is fine and dandy, but you are at a distinct disadvantage because especially for somebody that's been out of run and playing through the, these lane conditions changing, big problems. O'Neal got one, one game, but that's still a lot more of an idea of how the lanes were changing. And that one game that Smallwood had any idea of. Um, so Smallwood, you know, he gets his practice shots or whatever throughout, obviously. Uh, but that's not the yeah. same thing as being in, in, in a, in a bowling match one-on-one versus somebody. And right. I think that worked uh, against Smallwood a little bit there, Phil. You've got one choice to make for ball in hand. And you got to make that decision after basically eight shots on each lane. You get four, before the semifinal match on each lane, you get four before your championship match on each lane. And the lanes can change. And yeah, over the course I mean, of that 20 one shots, match. Yeah. Geez, yeah, they're going to change a lot. Yeah. And it's just a matter of, did he make the right guess? And you right. heard him talking about in the 10th frame. He had yeah. that four-bagger in there. <laughs> and in the it was the, of the worst game. ball choice ever in his career, I believe yes. is what he yeah. said. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. He was so, and if, if he's laying that on him, if he overrode what maybe Brett Spangler or Ronnie Russell was there too, him and Ronnie are roommates on tour. Uh, then it's all on Tom. If it was something where they were kind of deciding back and forth and, you know, maybe Tom fell on the sword for somebody else. That That's something we'll never know. But we've had it in the past where you see guys that get fooled on ball reaction or get told by a ball rep, hey, stay in this one, and it kind of fools them. And yeah, that, that's what happened to Tom. He tried fighting through it. And like I said, because of his full roller release, that also limits how much he can trick the ball. Well, not only that, it's also limits what he can do for layouts. Yeah. So if you yeah. look real close, they did show a shot of him gripping the ball and the pin was down at eight o'clock angle. There's not much more positions you can put that pin at to change shape and motion. Okay. The uh, only way you can change shape and motion is go to a different ball. But because of his unique role tracking between the thumb and finger holes, you are stuck on that eight o'clock angle. Right. Now you can vary it a little bit uh, from the distance the pin is from the center of the grip uh, to change the reaction a little bit, but you don't want to start clipping holes. I mean, obviously you start clipping holes, you're going to get awful ball reaction. So he's limited to his layouts also where uh, a three quarter roll, as Randy was talking about, you can put the pin anywhere. Do you have anybody you drill for that still has a full? Oh my God. I drill for a ton of full rollers. Really? A ton. Wow. Okay. Full rollers. I'm surprised by that. Yep. And, and good ones, good full rollers too. And so there's three different positions that we can put the pin distance wise to make the ball either go a little longer, read a little earlier, but to make sure it doesn't track over the gripping holes, which is rule number one in ball drilling, you have to put it on the right angle. And for full rollers, it's only that eight o'clock angle. And they did show that on TV on Smallwood. 
I, you know, surprising. this is a, there's a quote here uh, from PBA.com. No one used uh, wrote the, the recap piece from O'Neill. He said, quote, I haven't really won many matches on TV where I didn't have a good ball reaction. I got kind of lucky there that Tom bowled the game. He did. I didn't think in a million years he'd bowl a 170 game with his ball reaction. Uh, the other thing to me that stood out was spare shooting. Man. I mean, mm-hmm. just in general, it was not very good uh, yes. on TV. And I, I don't know if there's one thing one way or another. I mean, Barnes, what, did he miss a 10-pin? 10-pin. Yeah. Um, and you had a couple other shots that were missed. Now, again, the splits, okay, I don't expect you to make all your splits. I get that. But whipping and not hitting any pins I, at all when attempting to do something, like you just don't see that a ton necessarily on TV, Dwight. No. Normally, the statistics and uh, analytics, again, are better on that. But when the lanes become tricky, it starts to get into your head, even on the spare shooting. And you could have just a slight loss of concentration because you're focusing so much on the first ball and not focusing on your spare shooting. So it, it kind of goes hand in hand. I feel bad for Smallwood. I, I, I really think you, he never smiled in the show. He, he didn't even smile in the intros. It was like he was mad at something um, or he just was so incredibly focused. But, I mean, you're ready to come on the show, at least in the intro, give a little smile. Or something, but he just looks so incredibly you wouldn't serious. Be, you wouldn't be any damn different. Well, <laughs> you wouldn't would be, be any fo- damn different. I would you, be you more focused, sure, but I would still. I mean, I'm talking the intro, right? Know? I know, yeah, yeah. because it, it, she was bringing Kimberly Pressler was bringing up the fact of, hey, this is where you won your first deal, and yeah. now you're back here, and yeah. you know I all think, the memories that come back. Yeah. So now all this is being resurfaced back in his brain. He's trying to bowl. I'm sure he's been yeah. thinking about it all week that this yeah. is it. He's bowled well all week. And now he's sitting there in the catbird seat with, okay, you're the one seed. Go win. Get win right. one damn match. Just win this, Tom. Yeah. And I got this. We got it. Let's go. Um, and I think a lot of that maybe, you know, again, we talk about it all the time. The mental side of this yeah. thing is such a huge deal. It is. It just is. And, and I'm not saying it's more than any other sport. But when you're in an individual sport, the, uh, the mental game, I think, becomes more because it's just you and yourself. There's nobody else around you. Yeah. You bowl a Baker format. You got four other dudes or women yes. with you, depending on you know what your men or women bowling. Yeah. Um, and you it's a team, right? Yes. So Mr. Scott, they're there, they're rallying around you. Those extra set of eyes. This here, yeah. that's it. You sit down. Well, you, you have your tour rep, that's it. Yeah. Right? Right. If you trust your tour rep. Right. Right. I mean, and that's the other thing. And you go back to, and I hadn't thought about that of, you know, was that his decision to roll that ball? Was that a tour's rep decision? Uh Ronnie Russell, I didn't well, know thing about know that anything about that. So yeah. was that Ronnie Russell? Uh, and then if he did overrule them and they want him to throw something else and he got stubborn and said, no, I'm throwing this. Yeah. And then in the 10th frame, he kind of lets it all out. Like you're an idiot. What, well, what were you thinking? That was my question for Phil was uh, he obviously used the new crimson jackal on TV. Did he even throw that ball during the week? Because some of the video I've seen, he was throwing the black venom, um, which is a completely oh. different shape and motion. It had to be something he saw on that pair. Okay. I mean, it, it really I had just, to be. Again, just hear me out, and I know no. I'm probably going way off on a wrong tangent, but how much pressure are these guys on to use the new and the latest ball out there just so it gives the some sales uh, to the ball if the fans at home watch it go down the lane? I don't think it I don't think it really matters to them as long as it's still current in line. And now, obviously, with the new PBA rules where this year nothing can be manufactured after August 1st, 2022, uh, everything's got to be newer than that. If you if it's on the rack at a PBA tour or PBA regional or PBA junior event, uh, there's no pressure on it because these balls are probably still on the market if they've been manufactured I'm, that yeah. late. I'm looking at more for a financial aspect for the manufacturer. How much pressure oh. are the manufacturers put on these guys? Hey, 
if you got a good look with this ball, use this new ball because, I mean, we're trying to sell this new ball. I don't think so. I mean, you look at the incentives that are posted in the locker room, and it's just straight. If you throw our ball, it doesn't say individual different balls. If you throw our brand on TV for at least eight strike balls, you get this amount in incentive if you win or if you yeah. make TV or that kind of thing. It just, I don't think it's and, – and, and the it's more important to get the W than the – Right. They'll still sell saying. a ton more balls. And, right. you know, nobody remembers the Daytona 500. The guy finishes the second place to sell more right. cars. Correct. Kind right. of the same thing. Yeah. I no, I mean, not. if I got a good with a good look with a plastic ball and that takes me to win the tournament, I'm, of course, going to do that over right. using a reactive ball and losing the tournament. Right. And then there's I think a giant the title matters more to these guys sometimes than the money. Yeah. And there's still a giant motive logo on the spare ball or a giant right. Brunswick or Storm logo. Or, you know, everybody knows the different Storm balls that are out. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's the manufacturer that wants it, to win. It, it just kind of looked bad. I know he was obviously pissed that he lost yeah. the show and the whole type of deal, but yeah. right away when he makes that comment, it's like, where's, where's the blame go? I mean, was it a bad call by Brett? Well, he said, he said he took the blame. Yeah. Okay. Worst ball choice ever. Right. That was the worst ball choice I've made in my career. Something it's, like that is I what mean, he said. Yeah. I but mean, when he makes that comment, who then made that choice him or well, the assumption, if you're just common Joe at home, you think he screwed up. Okay, yeah, I, I, I mean, didn't read that. But PBA dorks here. Right. Right. We're going, oh, was it him? Was it the ball rep? Who was right. it? Uh, but if you're just random Joe at home watching this on TV yeah. and you're not completely all into this, you're thinking he screwed up and made yeah. a wrong ball choice. I mean, right. that's the common assumption. Money wise, Bill O'Neill, $100,000 on that win. Tom Smallwood, 55 G's. Ryan Barnes, 35,000. Yeah. Nate Stubler, 30,000. Chris Vi. $25,000 for had, just simply being on TV. I had one more question for Phil. Sure. He sent you and I um, a, a text regarding no titles for Barnes if he wins. Uh, something about that he'd have to go through a PDQ for 2025. Does he get to keep the $35,000 though? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, there's no yeah. rules. If he was an NCAA women's bowler, um, you know, let's say um, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Let's say Danielle McEwen was still in college, right? And she bowled, and she happened to make, you know, she happened to make this tournament on an exemption, that kind of thing. She may not have been able to keep that amount of money because it's not technically name, image, licensing. You're in a competition. So, but the college, the boys, yeah, they can all keep whatever okay. they win. During what if he would have shot three hundred that first game? They still the would have paid him ten thousand dollar bonus, right? Okay, yeah, they still would have paid him on that. He is so, Phil Brylove. Follow him on Twitter at Bruce City Bowling. You can follow Dwight Albrecht on Twitter at Dewey300. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Another edition of the Spare Time Bowling Show in the books. Thanks for tuning us in. Enjoy the rest of your day.